Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, I've got a real interesting show planned for you today. My guest in a little while is going to be Mr. Kelvin Cousy. You might remember the name. He is Deputy Registrar at RICO, the Real Estate Council of Ontario. And you've seen their name in the news a lot in the last little while. Some big rule changes coming down, steeper fines for realtors, and they're trying to clean up the industry with the Ontario Real Estate Association. So Kelvin's going to join me again, and it's always a pleasure to have him on the show. But first, I want to talk to you about a few things that are making the headlines this week. First and foremost, uh, having a good chat with Jerry Agar a little bit earlier in the week, and it was about the energy efficiency that the government wants to put in. So the federal government is turning around and saying that we've got to take a look at some energy efficiency on the homes that we are reselling. Of course, when you build a brand new property, a brand new house, the builders have to meet a certain code. Well, what do you think? Can you turn around before you sell your house, get an energy audit, and get your windows replaced? Does that make a lot of sense? Well, when I was talking to Jerry about it, I am dead set against it. I think it's way too much pressure on sellers because we have to start thinking of people that are selling their homes. What if we take a look at Toronto? So many houses being knocked down. So does that mean you have to turn around and put in brand new windows to a house that's going to be knocked down? Second of all, when we start thinking about it, how about the fact that maybe you just can't afford to? And then what do you have to do? Borrow the money to be able to turn around and put windows in your house? And what if your house doesn't sell? Then you are stuck with the expense of these windows. And what's the government going to say to you? Oh, but you've cut down your heating costs. Well, chances are, if you're doing this many repairs to a property, you could be in excess of twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. I don't think you're saving that much on your heating bill within the first year or two. So this could become a very, very slippery slope if the government decides to pursue it. The, uh, the date that they're throwing out, 2022. So about four years down the road, they're thinking that they're going to see if they can put something out. Now, the one thing the federal government always does is they pass the buck and they start saying, okay, let's talk to the provinces. Maybe they can do something about it. So the question is, is with the current government that's in play today, if they do get revoted in, are they going to turn around and say, oh, we'll take a pass on this. We don't want to put the home sellers at risk that we don't want them to spend that much money. Because who really does benefit from the brand new windows and all the heat cost savings that they're going to get when they turn around and do all this work? What's the buyer? So that means that the buyer is going to have to pay for it. So what happens then? Prices go up. But hang on, wait a minute. Weren't we talking about affordability for the last, I don't know, 18 to 24 months? Affordability is out the window. Well, now you're being forced to change your windows. What's going to happen to the cost of the house? Go up. And then how about the people that decide that it's not worth it? So they decide not to put their houses on the market for sale. Guess what happens? Guess the inventory drops. What happens when the inventory drops? Prices go back up. So, you know what? I think they're going to step in it. And if they do, we're going to have to sit back and watch what really happens. I'm hoping that cooler heads, you know, no pun intended, are going to prevail. And hopefully we'll get through this. Uh, also, how about some of the numbers that came down? I, I got to tell you, I really struggle. And I don't know how many people are really struggling with all of the headlines out right now. They are going crazy. One says the market's crashing, one minute says the market's up. All the numbers are all over the map, but here's the straight goods. If we take a look at home sales, the number of home sales are up 
12% month over month. So that means that from the month of September to the month of October, home sales are up 12%. But of course, what some of the headlines were reading was it was down. In fact, it was way down year over year. 26% reduction in the number of homes that sold. I always have to emphasize that, and I know some of you are probably getting me tired of emphasizing it so much, but number of home sales and price are two different things. In other words, I want to keep the money in people's pockets. The market's not crashing that way, but the number of sales are down. So we've got to keep our eye on the ball. Prices are up 2.3% year over year. So October 2016 to October 2017, 2.3% increase. You know, I find that an interesting number because so many people were focusing on the 20 and 30% increase. They thought it was money in the bank. And now when we go year over year, 2.3%, it's still a positive. It's still not going backwards year over year. But where we are going to have to take a hard look at the numbers and the ones that are really going to tell the tale of the real estate market is going to be coming through December through to April 2018. Those are the numbers that I think we're going to see will probably be the ones that'll just the most. And again, how about condo sales? Here's a number for you. Year over year, condo sales are up dollar-wise 21% increase year over year. Now, that's a big number. One of the reasons why condo sales are jumping so much, obviously, is affordability. The, again, looking at condominiums sitting around that five dollars to $600,000 mark definitely are the way for most people that when they're looking at first-time homes. Now, again, we're looking at some things that are coming up. The stress test. This is going to also put a little bit of heat in this market. The stress test that is going to be coming in is when people who are going with a conventional mortgage, meaning 20% or more down. So in other words, it is not insured by CMHC. The stress test means that you have to qualify for 2% above the posted rate. So right now, probably you'd have to qualify at 4.7%. Now that's a big number. And so what is going to do to affordability? It's going to drop it, meaning that people are going to be able to take less mortgage because the stress test will pull them back. It's going to be implemented in January 2018. So are we going to see a, you know, a little bit of a push until then? I think so. I think people are getting qualified. I think they're looking for shorter closings. And I think we're going to see this little bit push where the market is really going to start to show us what's going to happen over the next year or two is going to be January through till April of 2018. I think that's the one that we're going to have to watch the most. And again, looking at some of these titles, you know, I, I want to apologize for all the people in the media because again, they just want to get you to buy newspapers. But some of this stuff where they say the you know sky is falling, not so, not yet. We're not there. Uh, right now, the Canadian Real Estate Association is saying that they see it pretty much as a stable market right now. Again, supply and demand, it's kind of matching out. We're seeing the same thing from Treb, Aria. Most of the associations are saying that we're kind of coming into more of a balanced market. The real question is, is what do you think? The most important person in this entire conversation is you. When is the best time for you to buy? Can you qualify for what you want to buy? And are you looking at the right mortgage rates? Keep in mind, rates could go up. Bank of Canada is kind of holding off right now. They're not sure if they're going to raise interest rates the rest of the year, but it may be a slow progression.
regression in 2018. Maybe a point, and a, like a half a point, maybe a quarter of a point, we'll see. But it's one of those things we've got to watch. Joining me now is no stranger to Simply Real Estate. It is Mr. Kelvin Cousy. He is Deputy Registrar at RICO. And if you don't remember what RICO, the acronym is, it stands for Real Estate Council of Ontario. And welcome back, Kelvin. Hi, Todd. How are you? It's good to be back. Excellent. Thanks. Um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of funny. You know, a lot of our listeners loved listening to uh, to your guest shots, uh, you know, over the last little while, because I don't think everybody understands what RICO is. And, you know, whenever I have you on the show, I always ask you, is, you know, can we kind of start off slowly? You and I are going to work up to a real feverish <laughs> pace here, I'm pretty sure. But let's start off by letting our listeners know what RICO is. Well, we are the public oversight of people who trade in real estate in Ontario. So salespersons, brokerages, brokers, we educate, monitor, and make sure that they are representing the public interest. Wow. Okay. So that was politically correct. Um, <laughs> you know, I kind of, uh, you know, being being licensed for so many years, I would probably say, you know, some people call you the watchdog. Some people, Absolutely. you know, uh, you know, we don't like to refer you to the real estate police. But the truth is, you do watch over making sure that realtors don't break the rules. Uh, a lot of rules that came into place, of course, uh, REBA 2002. Yes. Which um, I understand, and, and you and I can kind of delve into it a little, uh, I understand is going to be, is now under kind of things being looked at. Uh, real estate's changed a lot and there's Absolutely. a lot changing in your ball court right now. Absolutely. There's all manner of circumstances and what you're referring to, uh, just to help your listeners, is there's a REBA review that the government has kicked into play and a little bit of a result of a lot of public scrutiny on certain conduct that, that rose about a year ago around this time. And there was a, a couple of media coverage uh, issues on CBC and other ones where a little bit of things, specifically dual agency, was put in the spotlight and was very critical uh, sure. of what was going on in the Toronto market in particular. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because um, I, I would have to say that when we take a look at RICO being, of course, an Ontario provincial um, you know, governing body, we've got different provinces. They have different rules, more or less. I think uh, the federal government in, in general would love to see it, you know, kind of like one way of doing it, but a lot of different different transactions are happening. Um, you and I have got a lot to talk about today. Um, a lot of things, and, and for our listeners' sake, I want I definitely want to talk about multiple representation. Okay. Okay, definitely. We want to talk about uh, multiple offers. Okay. okay. We just came through, you know, one crazy spring market where yes. that was just flying fast and furious, and I'm sure pretty much the phone calls and emails coming to Rico were coming fast and furious. Oh, lots of inquiries for sure, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I want, I want to be able to educate people on how they actually reach out to you, all sorts of things. Also, uh, some rules and regulations. You know, what should people understand about contracts? So important. You know, you know, I've had this conversation before. Yes. We can delve way into that one. And then, of course, realtors. There are rules and regulations behind realtors that even I don't think some of the realtors understand themselves. That's fair, yeah. So, absolutely. you know what? What I'd like to do is, uh, folks, um, Mr. Kelvin Cousy, he is de Deputy Registrar here at RICO. Uh, he and I are going to be spending the day talking about 
you know, rules and regulations in real estate. This is one that you definitely want to listen to. Remember, you can go to my SoundCloud uh, right here at News Talk 1010. If you miss any part of the show, make sure you go to the SoundCloud and listen to it because this is going to be a great one. So stay with us. I'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just joining me now, my guest this hour is Mr. Kelvin Cousy, and he is Deputy Registrar at RICO, Real Estate Council of Ontario, and a returning guest. For those of you that know the name, you'll also see uh, Kelvin's name pop up a lot in the newspaper articles when we're talking about real estate. He's definitely one of the ones that gets quoted all the time. And uh, Kelvin, lots going on in the news uh, over the last few weeks. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, so let's 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 talk about uh, some of the things that I, I think are front and center right now. Of course, one important thing: the punishment penalties, uh, <laughs> fines that are now look that uh, realtors are going to incur if they go offside. Can you tell us how that came about and now where are they at? Well, what the one of the proposals was in the REBA review that's ongoing right now is the suggestion that uh, under our code of ethics, and there's a bunch of different um, avenues to prosecute wrongdoing under our act, the Real Estate and Business Brokers Act, and under our code of ethics, which lays out uh, about 40 obligations for real estate uh, salespeople to follow, we had a maximum of a $25,000 penalty per occurrence. And uh, some people thought, well, you know, that's oftentimes with a market as inflated as it is, sure. uh, with people making lots of money on commissions and double lending and that sort of thing, that um, even when you got into the higher end of the fines, that was seen or perceived as a, a cost of doing business. If you're if you're making $60,000 off a trade sure. and you pay a $15,000 fine, well, you know, it, it was worth it in the end type of mentality. And so the proposals have been to amp those uh, penalties up. And so it's to put it in line with other violations under our act that would be prosecuted in the courts where an individual is a maximum of 50,000 and uh, corporations or brokerages would be up in the $100,000 range. And that's sort of what the discussion is about now. It's sort of make it more painful for people to breach the code of ethics. You know, it's an interesting point because when we talk about commissions, obviously we've just come through a run-up in the marketplace. And if you take your average transaction at a million dollars, you know, um, a lot of people have to understand that despite the fact they hear, you know, 5% as a commission rate, and again, RICO doesn't get involved in commissions. It's it's no. not necessary unless, of course, there's false advertising in it. Exactly. Yeah. But you don't set commission rates. That's not, that's not your job. So there's folks, no collusion. Yeah, exactly. No collusion. <laughs> Remember, you know, he, he, he likes golf. No. Um, anyways, <laughs> the, the point is, though, is that when we take a look at the sheer numbers, as you mentioned, you know, it could be one transaction, there's your fine, you know, cost of doing business. And a lot of times people sit there and say, well, that's not enough. Yes. And, you know, is it? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm asking you directly, you, you know, being the deputy registrar, is it enough? Are you, do you believe that that's a big enough hammer to stop the people from doing the wrong that has been done? Well, I think the, the fine is one aspect of a means of sanction to change behavior, because that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to punish people. We're trying to change behavior where they come to a crossroads in dealing in a trade and they know the right way. And then there's a 
what, for lack of a better characterization, a crime of opportunity. Sure. And they can turn left or they can turn wrong. And we want to encourage them to turn left as opposed to going down that path. And one thing that we would like to see from uh, Rico's perspective, and this is in our uh, REBA review proposal, is the idea of suspending at the discipline committee level. So this is without having to go to an outside third party to tell us that we can do this, Sure. that the tribunal of peers can say, you know what, Todd, in this circumstance, the fine's one thing, but you know, because you were acting with such indifference towards your client's interests, we're going to suspend you for six months. Or, you know, in some instances, we're going to revoke your ability to practice. And we think that's a much bigger stick um, to encourage people. No, I agree. I mean, you know, if if you turn around and said to a realtor, hey, you know, they'll look at it and say, fine, I'll do another deal and I'll pay the fine. Turn around and say, listen, you can't do another deal. Um, You know, then they're going to have to go back to their full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and, and certainly the the idea of being able to suspend practice, other regulators have that authority and power. And that's one thing that we would like to see some movement on with with that. And and who better to determine that than an internal uh, committee that is attuned to the workings of the industry itself and be able to shape remedies that are really going to have an impact on bad behavior to prevent recidivism. Because that's really what we're all about is educate people, get some deterrence. And so they think, okay, uh, I know that I can't turn wrong. I'm going to I'm gonna stay on the right path. Just uh, for our listeners' sake, uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, I've got uh, Mr. Kelvin Cousy joining me. He's Deputy Registrar at RICO. Uh, and for all my realtors that tune into the show, I thank you. For those of you that uh, I sometimes take a shot at, it would be the people that are doing it wrong <laughs> and the people that are, you know, you know, you know I'm not a big fan of part-timers, but for the pros that are out there and you're doing it right, this is just a refresher course. You know that about this show, that we just try to keep everybody on the straight and narrow when it talk about real estate. Um, Kelvin, a couple of things, obviously, though, is that Rico have another partner in the ring. You never had this partner before uh, until this year. Of course, uh, Ontario Real Estate Association has now stepped up. You know, they actually are trying to make requests for let's steepen the fines, let's do a lot of things. There's been kind of a, a shift in the mindset. I think it's a positive. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think anything is here is a negative. Interestingly enough, that you've got so many more people that are jumping on the bandwagon and saying, hey, let's increase fines, let's clean up the industry. Why now? Is it just because we came through probably one of the nastiest markets we've seen in years? Because what we did question. see, what we did see, honestly, uh, for everybody that can remember you know, the last 18 months in real estate, it was uh, it was pretty out of control. Yeah, it's an excellent question. But but to your to your uh, question of of our new partner, well, Aria has always been around, sure. and uh, and they've always had a very positive influence on the industry itself. And the the key distinction is they represent the industry. They're a trade association, right. and we represent the consumer interest. And our mandate is very simple and very direct. It's comp- protect the consumer mandate to the best extent that we provide uh, under the Real Estate and Business Brokers Act. And so. So we've always been uh, companions in that journey of consumer protection. And certainly the movement now is we think it's a positive. Absolutely. If if the trade association itself is saying, you know what, we, we our membership needs to be uh, dealt with in a, in a more uh, – 
stiffer manner, if you if you will. Sure. And uh, let's let's not minimize fines, and let's let's make sure that there's a lot of deterrence out there. We welcome that support, and we will certainly anticipate when that legislation comes out that they will be shoulder to shoulder with us with those announcements for the seventy four thousand individual resi- registrants in Ontario. Yeah, excellent. Speaking of shoulder to shoulder, uh, why don't you uh, hang out? <laughs> uh, you know, we've got uh, we've got more. So, folks, Mr. Kelvin Kusi, he is deputy registrar at RICO, and we're going to be back with more, so stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in right now, I've got Mr. Kelvin Cousy joining me. He is from RICO. That is the Real Estate Council of Ontario. And if you've missed the show up till now, remember, go to News Talk 1010 website and you can click on SoundCloud right here for Simply Real Estate and you're going to find out what you've missed. But, Kelvin, just before the break, you and I were talking about uh, some stiffer fines coming down the pipe for realtors. And, of course, there's a reason why they should get fines. And how about we now go to the other part part of the the equation. There's two people that are normally in any transaction. You've got a buyer and a seller. Yes. Okay. Both typically will be under contract of some form. Both are supposed to be represented professionally, responsibly. Uh, normally, if a realtor is representing one or both parties, they're looking for remuneration. This is normally done, <laughs> of course, <laughs> by a listing agreement. You, I think I, I think, folks, you know where I'm going with this. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna get there. Don't worry. The See snail train. The, the, the snail train is going to come through. <laughs> so basically, let's let's talk about two sides of the coin here. You've Absolutely. got a buyer seller. And if we if we start off with the seller, okay? okay. This is normally when, you know, here we go, we've got a realtor, the the seller decides that they're going to hire that that realtor under a contract. Of course, um when people look at contracts, they do basically they look at three things. Okay. Um, or I would say two things, commission and price. How much is it going to cost? Absolutely. And when you list your property, that's normally the two things that they look at. Yes. Okay. Now, um, I, I, fortunately, in in my career, I list thousands of properties. And and the best part about this is the fact that when you take a look at the actual listing agreement, there is a lot more that people aren't aware of. There's a lot of boilerplate in that agreement. Right. And now, of course, being a lawyer, uh, one of the most important things you'll tell people is to make sure you read the contract. Yes. But a couple of things I think that people should be aware of in contracts, especially listing agreements, because most of the time they're using a standard real estate uh, listing agreement. Absolutely. uh, that is that is put out in and you know Aria did a lot of the forms for realtors over yes. the years Ontario Real Estate Association. When we take a look at a listing agreement, of course, there is the start and stop. So how long is the property listed for? Yes. And this is the one thing that I think most people aren't aware of. They don't look at it, you know, that that finite number saying, okay, somebody will say, oh yeah, and we're we're going to do it for this commission, and here's your price. And they look at the price and they forget everything else. Yes. Where should they really? What, there, there's a lot of pieces there that, that should be looking at. Yeah, and what we really encourage people to do is once they've decided, once they've done their own due diligence and they've talked to a number of different real real estate professionals who they want to potentially list their property with, to take away the agreement that is being proposed and take the time to read through it. Because as you say, exactly and accurately, there's a lot of different wiggles and turns in some of the language. And certainly their chosen professional 
should walk them through and answer any and all questions. And if they're not getting the answers that they want, they should be talking to that person's broker of record, uh, who's the person who's running the brokerage, or even their potential real estate lawyer, just to make sure they understand all the necessities of things. But, but more directly to your question is, uh, the focus is, okay, you know, whatever the rate of commission is, is talk about how that applies. What happens if somebody else sells in a cooperating brokerage concept, or what happens if you sell it on your own as a dual agent, um, and you you bring a buyer to me because you're promising me all sorts of buyers, uh, and that's why I'm listing with you, Todd. Mm-hmm. What are you going to end up putting in your pocket, and what's the benefit to me doing that? Sure. And, and also, elements of of just simply how long am I contracted with you for and the question of well what if I'm unhappy with your representation what if you know I I'm I'm we're friends now but two weeks down the road where my house is stale on the market I'm not happy with you what happens then and and oftentimes a lot of the complaints we get in is people who are trying to get out of listing agreements where they're for whatever reason it's just there hasn't been a good selection process and matching of a a salesperson with the needs and wants and desires of a seller and they want out and unfortunately you're under a legal legally binding contract for the duration of that contract and there are also rules about soliciting um, other real estate sales professionals and what they can and cannot do during the time that you're under that contract so you have to have an overall understanding of what you're getting yourself into yeah you know one of the one of the things I'm not sure all our listeners are aware of is the holdover clause provision and and you know this is one of those ones that I think that people have to understand that you know sometimes people will turn around and what will happen is somebody will show the property and the buyer and seller get together privately on the outside and say listen my my listing is going to expire in about a week why don't you yeah. come back uh, you know two weeks from now and we can squeeze out this uh, we can forget real it. yeah person. we forget about the realtors and you know what and then maybe we do a little private deal on the side and look I'm gonna give you a little better deal I'm gonna make a little bit more money um, can you explain the holdover provision just so people have a little bit of an understanding of it absolutely well it depends on the exact wording of the clause but the in essence the idea is is if the existing listing salesperson who has shown the home to someone who has shown interest ends up purchasing that home for a period of time after the the listing has expired there there's an entitlement to the commission that you've agreed to in the past so you can't avoid so it's a contractual protection on behalf of the listing brokerage that did a lot of the work marketing the house finding a, a new uh, finding a buyer for you and then you can't simply dodge them and say oh well you know it expired on November 1st and I'm selling to to Todd privately on November 2nd so you're right. out of luck so it's a protection aspect to that amount of work and you know it can get very detailed and get very murky on what happens if you contract with somebody else is it superseded by another one or that sort of thing but but in essence it's it's to protect the brokerage that has done a lot of the legwork and 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 so it's a reasonable position to be in quite frankly well I think I I mean you know for a lot of the our listeners listen there are people that love and hate realtors I know you know there's always gonna be a mixed bag and some people say they're not worth it and other people say they'd never transact without a realtor so those people can see the merit of it but when you have such a diverse group of people taking a look at the real estate industry itself and again I'm sure that a lot of of the complaints that Rico does receive is, you know, and, and of course you don't want the, the little nitty gritty like, oh well, you know, he spelt my listing. 
anything wrong and or he, yeah. he you know he said i had a sofa included but it wasn't included in the listing agreement i mean th that that's that nitpicky stuff but yes. when we start talking about you know where rico can actually show its strength it's obviously when people are not transacting Honestly, they are trying to to again, uh, you know, I, I would say screw the public in a certain way because realtors will do that in the wrong form of transaction. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is why I think so many people have been stepping into the industry saying, you know, we, you know, it's not fair. And and it's great to see that you know Rico is now starting to change. I like the idea that you know you're you're relooking at Reba because again, it's outdated. I mean, at 15 years, give or take, and it took about five years for them to even get there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. so we're we're talking almost 20 old rules yep. and, yeah we've been around about 20 years this year yeah and with with so much that has changed in the industry you know it's it's really tough so i like the idea and uh, your explanation obviously with the with the holdover clause because i don't know if a lot of people really read the fine print of well that and it's and buried a bit because it if is. you look at the standard form i think it's in paragraph two the second paragraph of paragraph two under the heading of commission yep. under the listing agreement and you see this thing and it just refers to holdover clause yeah and normally and somebody who's going to draw 90, your attention to that and they normally just put 90 days and yes. there's this little 90 day thing oh don't worry about that it's just nine and that's that's if my buyer comes and, and and buys it from you and and so it's very you know it's dismissed very quickly exactly and and again going back to the fact that you know breaking the contract i mean people have to understand this is a legal document absolutely okay so it's it's got so much to do with uh with people understanding the legalities of things so folks when and and and, and kelvin made a great point i want to reiterate it you know talk to multiple agents don't just jump at somebody that says hey listen you know i've i've got a buyer for you here quick sign sign a sign a 90-day agreement with me if the buyer falls through you're stuck with this agent you got it okay and so you know what if you're going to list make sure you do your homework make sure you understand a listing agreement and more importantly before you sign it read it and i think yeah. that most realtors should be should be you know taught to let them read it or, or and walk them through it and is what we're really trying to do from our continuing education is is cater to your clientele and, and be emotionally intelligent when you're dealing with somebody. Does it look like they know what they're signing? Does it not? It really serves your interests as a realtor down the road to make sure to say, yeah, no, I, I walked Mr. Slater through this and you know he's checked it here, checked it here, and he has a complete understanding of what we were getting into. So if, for him to say now that I didn't realize that I was bound to Kusi for six months <laughs> for the entire, you know, for the entire sure. GTA, it, it's disgenuine. And, and so we're not, again, trying to punish realtors, but we want to be able to be in a position that we can defend them to the consumers who are being unscrupulous in their own way. When we come back, I want to talk more with you, but this time we're going to flip our hats. We're going to go to the buyers. So folks, stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I have Mr. Kelvin Cousy. He is Deputy Registrar at RICO, the Real Estate Council of Ontario. Just before the break, you and I were talking about listing homes and where you're signing a listing agreement. Now, yes. as I mentioned, I thought maybe we'll throw on our other hat and let's talk about buyers because okay. the buyers are the ones, you know, I think they were the biggest news of 2016 slash 2017 May 1st. market, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot going on with buyers uh, over the last 18 months. Definitely representation. Who's really working for who? Multiple representation, multiple offers. 
Can you tell me what kind of Rico's uh, ability to kind of mandate a few things here? Because this is this was a this was a tough one to navigate. It, it is a very difficult area to navigate, especially when a listing agent is approached by somebody who says, "Hey, why don't you just represent me, and you can do both sides of the trade? What's what's going to happen in that circumstance?" Can First, you, the realtor goes ching. Yeah, well, and then, and then they start saying, "Oh, well, that 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 could be problematic," right. and it certainly was in the Klieg lights of a lot of the media of. of where people are acting improperly. But currently right now in in our regulations, specifically under our code of ethics, there are very uh, strict rules about what can happen and what needs to happen. And particularly when there's a a single agent, they they have to have the written consent of both sides in order to go through that transaction. Do the realtors know this? Well, they should. (laughs) (laughs) I I just because, you know, it it was such a hot topic. It was. Yeah, Yeah. it still is. It still is. And, And that's certainly it was the catalyst for the Reba review that's going on with the government right now right. Uh, is was that sort of mischief that was going on and and I can represent you and I can give you this information but the code of ethics is 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 pretty clear on what has to happen sure. and uh, and certainly our position uh, for Reba review is one where we're talking about an idea that you can't do it uh, unless you there's extraordinary circumstances of simply availability uh, so it'd be a geographic type of sure. Of a limitation, smaller where, markets perhaps, exactly. or you know, outer markets, anyways. Yeah, when you're thing. when you're small, we don't want to prejudice people's, and we don't want to prejudice consumers' choice. But it, it truly is an inherent conflict of interest that we struggle with daily at sure. Rico. You know, the question the question always is who are who is the realtor truly representing? And when people can sit there and and, I, and I'll tell you, you know, in the past, you know, I, I was caught, you know, in the middle because people wanted me to to act as both, you know, sure. agents. Yeah. And Absolutely, and, happens and all the time. One of the things that I I found that is when I when I had a licensed assistant, it would be you deal with the buyer, okay? mm-hmm. like you know, much better. I like um, that you had a licensed assistant. Yeah, of course, because you don't want to run a foul. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that I, I would encourage our our listeners, being realtors, is that you know maybe you do have to pass off you know the buyer client to somebody in your in your office. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they'll pay you a referral, which you disclose, of course. Yes, but. But again, that that multiple representation, that's really, really tough. It it is. And it's it's an attractant as well, because there's a lot of people who work very hard in this industry to not only get the listings, but also to assemble a a corral of potential buyers. Of course, yeah. And if I'm a homeowner and I see that Todd Slater is the whale in my neighborhood, I'm going to be knocking on your door saying, do you have a buyer for me? Because I really don't want to have to go through multiple open houses and the inconvenience of that. If you can do this deal really quickly, I'm prepared to have you do both ends of the deal. But what can you do for me? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And and again, you know, when, when realtors look at it, it's like, okay, so extra money, yes. But again, it's that representation. It, it gets a little skewed. And this this past, uh, you know, I would say this past peak uh, of the real estate market, harder than ever. And one of the reasons why is because then you're starting to deal with multiple offers. Yes. So you got a multiple offer, multiple representation. That one gets a lot tougher. And and, and the, the, the real sort of milestone that we were telling people or the sign marker was just disclose, disclose, yep. disclose. And, uh, and we had all manner of complaints where, you know, the disclosure wasn't adequate or one person wasn't paying attention when it was disclosed and working through those multiple complaints about that, it was really clear that, that we had to communicate 
uh, more strictly and more clearly with our people. And we, we, we tried to do that. We issued registrar's bulletins on what to do in these types of circumstances. And we think for, a, for the vast majority of people, it sort of laid it out clearly what the obligations were. But the takeaway is at any choice, at any point, disclose what your what your interests are, rather than yeah. trying to be keep safe. it under the under the radar. Yeah, be safe then. Sorry, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, uh, out in the industry, there is uh, you know this little thing that was floating around. People were saying that it's easier to get a uh, real estate license than than become a hairdresser. Um, you know, ouch. I, yeah, you know what? I I I would say ouch to that, except. To be a successful realtor, okay, if we were to build the the model of a successful realtor, uh, first and foremost, you guys would never know their name because they shouldn't be coming across <laughs> your board. But most importantly, it's somebody that um, puts their client ahead of their own personal needs. Well, and that's the definition of a fiduciary. And the courts of, you know, up to the Supreme Court of Canada have said, you know, real estate agents like lawyers and like other professionals, they owe the duty of care is primarily and first to their client. And that's the starting point for that yeah. type of agency. And and it's difficult when you get anywhere below that. And the, the issues like dual agency and multiple representation, it's always problematic. Um, but we really, we, we recognize that the people who want to become real estate professionals want to do so and they want to make a living at it and they want to sure. do it right. And so, you know, there are detractors who say, oh, well, it's low bar entry or, or, or what you mentioned about the hairdressing. And that's unfortunate yep. um, because we are proud of, of how the vast majority of our registrants conduct themselves. And they are very professional and it sure. is a tough job. You know, it's not some nine to five punch a clock and, and you're done. And it's, it's a demanding, it's a demanding occupation. No, no you know, I, 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 I kind of say it half, half tongue in cheek, you know, um, realtors keep divorce lawyers in, in, in business because you know, their hours are horrible. They're, absolutely. they're, they're absolutely horrible. And people have to understand that, you know, realtors work when nobody else does typically. Exactly. When, when you're, available yeah uh, that's when I start working as a realtor and yeah. oftentimes it's late nights it's weekends when you'd rather be up at the cottage sure. with your daughter on the pontoon boat but yep. you have to do an open house or you have yep. to do something to represent these interests of these people who are demanding and they recognize and consumers are savvy they they recognize yeah, you're making a lot of money off this trade so sure. I demand your attention at and all your times. availability yeah. yeah yeah exactly um, just a quick note um, marketing interesting thing about realtors um, being number one one, you know, you hear so many. Uh, one of the things, of course, that uh, everybody should make sure they have, and this is all for realtors, if you're going to say you're number one, make sure you put an asterisk beside it and give a declaration of where that number comes from and when that number actually happened. Um, <laughs> the asterisk alone doesn't actually accomplish anything. No, you need you need the rest of it yeah. to, to fill in. But, you know, one of the things that, obviously, with a market like we just had experienced, you see a lot of people throwing out sold prices when houses weren't closed. And, and that, that's always a very sensitive area because uh, the requirements to do that, uh, you need the permission of both seller and buyer, and especially the timing of when you wish to go public with this advertising. Right. And uh, I, I realize why people do it, and it's to get listings and everything else, but it's, it's a very, very technical area of the law, and people really need to be cautious before they start doing that because uh, when other people see it, guess who they complain to yeah of course and and they reach out to you right away and that's obviously one of the reasons why you're there um, you know I I find I find it interesting because you know the public themselves um, you know 
Rico almost had uh, flown under the radar for so long. And, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you talk to people and they have complaints, and we used to have, you know, people call into the show. And, and one of the things that I will commend you for, and Rico, is that you guys have really stepped up. I, I would call it almost your marketing or public awareness that you are now oh, more involved. Because it's important, because people don't realize that there really is you out there to be able to help mitigate a serious situation when it arises. Oh, and not, not only a serious situation, but but significant financial implications mm -hmm. uh, where people can really be harmed and uh, and be taken advantage of. And I started off at Rico as a prosecutor, and uh, and it, there was a lot of very emotional prosecutions where people were really taking in, and they were just being honest and and, and perhaps a bit gullible, and right. they really got jerked around by unscrupulous people. Right, and then you moved over to the execution side of things. <laughs> okay. So you're an executioner. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I again, I, I commend commend Rico hundred percent for you know making making the public more aware because at this point, especially with today's technology, I think people rely so much on technology, but yet they're not actually getting the the hardcore facts. Well, and and that's that's the problem with our, our current generation that we're we're dealing with is everybody says, well, I'm an expert, I can do this on my own, I don't need a real estate agent to help me, I can mm -hmm. I can pull this off the web, I can do this, I can do that, and the problem is is that you. You end up with these gaps in knowledge and people getting into relationships uh, that are legally binding where they think oh well I thought I could just try this on I didn't realize I was bound to this and that's where we fall into these problems of people really getting harmed financially simply by having a little bit of knowledge and we always encourage people you know take your time find the realtor that fits your needs your lifestyle your wants and they're out there and they're eager for your business and they're eager to help you. Yeah, I always I always tell people, listen, look for the person with the most signs in the neighborhood, most sold signs, if you're gonna list, um, and then go talk to the people that have the sold signs on their properties. Absolutely, in, in, in our surveys of satisfied consumers, they typically say, you know, it's all word of mouth. It's, mm -hmm. it's, that's the best way to source a pool of people for you to talk to, to determine. But you know, that, that the one who's got the most sold signs may not be a fit for you because they cater to a different group yep. and uh, you always, there's always somebody out there who's going to fit your needs. Yeah. Perfect. Kelvin, always a pleasure. My pleasure. Best way for uh, our listeners to reach Rico. At our website, R-E-C-O dot on dot ca so rico dot on dot ca excellent thanks so much folks that was mr kelvin kusi he is deputy register of rico so i of course want to thank uh everybody for tuning in this week i want to thank my producer nick and ian for uh, making it simple as they always do and remember i'm back next saturday at 3 p.m i'm your host todd c slater you've been listening to simply real estate right here on news talk 1010